Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to another episode of Blitzcast. Ed Hunt is back in the house. Glad to have you, Ed. I'm excited to be back, Alex. Yeah, I missed you, man. We're going to touch upon some NFL topics here. But we're also going to do a big college football preview. We're just going to pick the winners for all the top 10 conferences. We'll cover the the big Power 5 conferences and then the top 5 non-Power 5 conferences. It, it's going to be a big preview show. But let's start with the NFL and preseason week 2 has just wrapped up. Uh, we're going to have another week of preseason coming up that will basically decide some of these quarterback battles. But some of them have already cleared up. Let's start in Chicago. The Bears picked Andy Dalton. They decided to go with him over the exciting rookie quarterback, Justin Fields. How do you feel about this? And how long do you think Andy Dalton is going to keep that job? I think Andy Dalton keeps the job for a month, but I mean, I do want to share my thoughts about how I I thought Justin Fields showed up in a preseason form. What I notice out of the guy is, is that I think his, his reactions are a little bit slower. It seems like the speed of the game is a little bit fast for him. He's just got a lot more talent than Andy Dalton. And so he can make a lot more throws, you know, he can run, he can run the ball, you know, if a play doesn't show up. For him, I feel like he needs to get to a point where he knows the playbook quicker. He knows where he's going with the ball quicker. Um, he, he reads his keys, makes his decisions quicker. And when he gets to that point, I think then he'll be ready to be the starter. If I were the coach, I would still go with Justin Fields week one. I would also go with Justin Fields week one because you don't give up all those draft picks to move up and select them 11th overall to let him sit on the bench. Look at the success that Lamar Jackson had right off the bat. And he wasn't the passer that Justin Fields is. Justin Fields has a stronger arm. He's a better passer. As much as I criticized him during the the draft process, you could see that. He's much more seasoned and much more further along. You can't teach athletic ability. Athleticism is there. He's got 4-4 speed. He's going to run away from those linebackers and those defensive ends. He gives you an extra dimension. The Bears have never had a quarterback like this. And I'm just really disappointed that Matt Nagy is playing this safe. I mean, Justin Fields can win like Offensive Rookie of the Year. He could possibly take you to the playoffs. Fans are going to be excited. The team is going to be excited because he gives you an extra dimension. What's Andy Dalton going to give you? He's basically a game manager who is probably going to be a caretaker, and the Bears might might as well just go 0-4 in that first month of the season. You could just throw it out. I just think the Bears and Matt Nagy are playing it way too safe. Nagy is on the hot seat. He needs to make a splash. Justin Fields is like the only big weapon that they have on offense. I mean, besides like Allen Robinson at wide receiver, they don't have anybody else. Do they have somebody that scares you on their offense? No. And you know, the one thing that really bugs me, and I've watched them during preseason a little bit, their offensive line is below average. I mean, it stinks. And if you put Andy Dalton behind that offensive line, He's going to get killed. He's going to take way too many sacks. Justin Fields at least can overcompensate. He can run. He can get away from those pass rushers. 
he can extend plays and make something happen with his feet. And that's what's really bothering me. It really bugs me. You give up all those picks. You basically say, look, Justin Fields is our guy. Throw him into the fire. Look at how, you know, Justin Herbert excelled when he was starting as a rookie. Joe Burrow was having success, you know, before the injury happened. Let's do this from day one. During the first preseason game, the guy got off to a slow start. But then he just, he got it going. He got more comfortable. Andy Dalton doesn't get me excited. Justin Fields gets me excited, Ed. I think Justin Fields is probably the best option. But, I mean, you know, you do, you do have to send him a message, too. I mean, you do have to say, hey, you know, you're not just going to be given the, the keys to the to the palace. You know, you're not going to be, you know, just given the job. And, you know, he, he does have some development to do. I mean, I, I, I do I do agree with Matt Nagy on that. And if I'm Justin Fields, I'm working hard. I'm trying to learn film. I'm trying to be quicker. But, you know, eventually this is going to be Justin Fields' job. Well, the only question is, will Matt Nagy still be coaching this team? I mean, the Bears could get off to a really rough start, and then what? The Bears management is going to say, Matt Nagy, you're gone. It's the decision you made. And you you know, you know, picked Dalton over Justin Fields. Now we're going to get an interim head coach in there, and he's going to take the reins with Justin Fields in charge. So it's not like Nagy's leash is that long. I mean, the Bears went, what, like 7-9 and nine last year? Or 8-8, eight and eight, they barely snuck into the playoffs, right? So we all know he's on the hot seat, the head coach. Look, he might be gone after that first month if they go, say, like 0-4. All right, the Denver Broncos. They finally made the decision which quarterback to roll with in week one. It was a really close competition during the preseason, during those first two weeks, during training camp. And I think what sealed it was Teddy Bridgewater's performance in week two with that first team offense. He made quick decisions. He spread the ball around. He led them to a couple of touchdown drives. And yes, the Denver Broncos traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Now he's their starting quarterback. They passed on Justin Fields. Vic Fangio went with the safe choice because it's another head coach that's on the hot seat. He's got a good defense. He's got a good offensive line. The Broncos will have a running game. They just need a quarterback that will take care of the football. And they obviously feel much more comfortable with Bridgewater under center than Drew Locke. Do you agree with this decision? Yeah, I fully agree with this decision. I am actually interested to see what Teddy Bridgewater does as a quarterback of the Broncos. I mean, maybe this is his opportunity. I mean, I'm just saying with with Jerry Judy becoming a second-year receiver, and Cortland Sutton, you know, coming back and you're going to be able to run the ball and so forth. I take that accuracy and I, I think the Broncos actually will be a surprisingly good team. I'm not saying they're, you know, playoff worthy or something, but I mean, this is, this could be a 500 team or, you know, one give or take a game or two. Look, Bridgewater looked like a star with the Minnesota Vikings before that injury, especially in that second year when he made the Pro Bowl. After he suffered that injury, he hasn't been the same quarterback. Obviously, the Vikings got rid of him. He didn't excel with the Carolina Panthers last year. I think a lot of it depended on the fact that Christian McCaffrey wasn't there. He went down with an injury. It was a completely different team. We'll see what Bridgewater does with the weapons that they have. And you're right. 
We've talked about this before. The Denver Broncos have a lot of weapons, a wide receiver. We'll see. But the leash is going to be short. You know that, Ed. If he loses a couple of games and doesn't perform well, in comes Drew Locke, right? Our favorite quarterback. For sure. And I feel like this this could be a great opportunity for Teddy Bridgewater because I think the I think the Broncos see something in him. If they, if they didn't, they would have they would have drafted Justin Fields. And I mean, their defense is going to be great. I mean, Patrick Sertain, I think he might be the rookie of the year. I mean, he looks great. I mean, he's you know he's reading the play well. His instincts look great. You know, it, it doesn't seem like a big jump for him. So I mean, he's going to be a good pro. I mean, you got Von Miller who's going to be you know rushing the passer again. Uh, you know, this Bronco team is going to be good on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, they have the edge rushers. We've known that. They've had the defensive line. You know, they've had, you know, Justin Simmons. This is a team that, you know, could do some things. I mean, they're not rolling out there with Peyton Manning. It's not going to be, you know, Peyton Manning to Demarius Thomas to Emmanuel Sanders. It's not going to be that offense. But, I mean, this is this is a team that, you know, maybe can win some close games. I'm going to be rooting for the Broncos. I think they're a playoff team, even in that tough AFC West division. I realize that the Chiefs are going to run away with it. I realize that the Chargers are going to be the sexy pick just because it seems like that defense probably going to be better, plus Justin Herbert under center. But I'm rolling with the Broncos to take second place in that division and to make it to the wild card. I just have a good feeling that the Broncos have a complete team, and now they have a quarterback who can just take care of the football. He doesn't have to make the wild plays. Just make smart decisions. Get the ball into the end zone. Don't turn the ball over. The Broncos are a more complete team than we're led to believe by some experts on, on huge you know, shows out there on ESPN and the NFL Network. I'm actually going with the Broncos to make the playoffs. What do you do with Drew Locke? I mean, what's, what's your plan with Drew Locke? I think right now I just I leave him on the roster because, look, it was a close battle. And Drew Locke played well in the first preseason game, made some explosive plays. The way Teddy Bridgewater played last year with the Carolina Panthers, if they had Drew Locke on the bench, they would have put him in. So the Denver Broncos are keeping him around. We're seeing what develops during maybe the first seven or eight weeks of the season. If Teddy Bridgewater is confident, if he's performing well, you trade Drew Locke around the trading deadline. I think, you know, you make that move and you possibly recoup and, and get another day two pick. I mean, we saw with Sam Darnold, you know, how much the Jets got for him when they traded him to the Carolina Panthers. I'm sure you can get a second or a third round pick for Drew Locke. I want to see how Teddy Bridgewater performs during the first two months. I wouldn't wait until the offseason or the next, you know, draft. I try to to get him out. I try to trade him at the trade deadline and, and try to get a you know a pick before his value goes down even less. But like we said with the Bears, right? Andy Dalton is the starter. We expect Justin Fields to take over. We don't know what's going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater. He's the pick right now. But say they don't win the first couple of games, I'm sure Vic Fangio is going to say, "Hey, let's get Drew Locke in there." So this is still kind of a wait and see situation. But you know how I feel about Drew Locke. I don't think he's consistent enough, Ed. And the same thing that we saw at Missouri kind of reared its ugly head with the Denver Broncos the first couple of years. Basically, we see like the splash plays, the wow plays. Like he, he can look great one game or even two games. And then he turns around and just, you know, performs really, really poor. 
Drew Locke hasn't changed. He's the same quarterback that you and I scouted when he was at Missouri, right? Yeah, I'm I'm just curious. I mean, you know, I was talking about this with Brandon. Is What happens, though, I mean, you, you know, Drew Locke the veteran versus Drew Locke the young quarterback. I mean, is, is, is he a much better veteran? I mean, is he a guy you want to hold? on to and kind of keeping the backup and and then eventually you know maybe you know he becomes that sort of Nick Foles for you I mean, are you kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater on his career or I mean do, do you maybe give him a few years in an NFL system to really develop if Bridgewater performs well and the Denver Broncos coaching staff feels good about him and he's entrenched as the starter that's it you move on from Locke you give him a chance with another franchise just like the Jets did with Sam Darnold. He traded him to Carolina, and uh, let's wait and see what he does there with the Panthers. Locke is going to get another shot somewhere. He's going to compete for a starting job. He's still a young quarterback. He's in his third year. I mean, what kind of a veteran is he? I mean, he hasn't been in the league for like 10 years. He's entering his third year. He, what, 25? His career like might be over with the Broncos, but that doesn't mean that he can't pick up uh, where he left off with another franchise. And I'm sure some other team, he's going to give him another shot. He actually played well. And during the first week of preseason, when he was with the first team offense, I thought he played really well. I mean, he completed like, you know, seven or eight passes. He threw for like 150 yards and threw like two long touchdowns out there. So this isn't like Drew Locke didn't fail. It just Teddy Bridgewater played a little bit better. Locke is going to get another shot with another franchise. Let's talk about another quarterback battle. Bill Belichick is not tipping, you know, anything at this point. All we know is Cam Newton is out this week due to some COVID protocols. He's out, I think, until Thursday. So Mac Jones is getting the extra snaps with the first team during practice. What do you think happens here with the Patriots? I mean, do you think that Bill Belichick is going to go with the proven veteran in Cam Newton? Or is he ready to just go with the with the Tom Brady clone and, and insert Mac Jones in from week one as the starting quarterback? I, I do believe that Cam Newton is getting the favoritism in this quarterback battle. But the fact of the matter is, is that Mac Jones looks great. Playing his game... He's doing it well. He's making quick decisions. He's he's moving, you know, in the pocket. He's showing pocket awareness. Um, you know, he's delivering the ball accurately. He's, you know, he's just moving the offense fast. And if I'm the New England Patriots, I go with Mac Jones week one. This is the future. This is this is the guy that will execute our offense. I mean, the the thing about Cam Newton is that he's slow. You know what I'm saying? He's a good quarterback, but he's slow. He's not Josh McDaniels' guy. It's just a matter of time before Mac Jones takes over the reins. I hope so. I'm Look, Mac Jones has, has looked better than I thought he would. He's making good decisions. He's accurate. He's throwing it with anticipation. He's smart. Basically everything that he was coming out of Alabama. He just We talked about it you know, during our recap of the draft. He just fits that system. I hope Bill Belichick is just... He's going to give him a shot. I think it's a lot easier to just start from week one. You know, Cam Newton is not the runner that he was earlier on in his career. This isn't an MVP type of quarterback. He's not going to take you to the Super Bowl anymore. He never was like a terrific passer, even when he won his MVP. It's time to get Mac Jones in there. Look, I'm I'm just all about these rookie quarterbacks, Ed. Give them a shot. They'll learn on the fly. 
you know, preseason is preseason. NFL week one kicks around. It's it's going to be different. It's not going to be vanilla defenses anymore. Throw these rookies into the fire. It seems like, you know, they know what they're doing. Basically a trial by fire. You know, it might not look pretty during week one, but they'll figure it out during week two or week three. The earlier you throw them into the fire, the better that they will be over the long haul. And I just think the last couple of years, things have changed. Teams are giving rookie quarterbacks an opportunity to get in there from week one. It's time for the Bears and the Pats to to also kind of cut the cord and let them be. Because I have changed my mind. I've come around the last couple of years. I say if you pick a guy high enough in the first round, and if he knows the system, if he's smart enough, just get him in there. I mean, Mac Jones, I think, makes the Patriots a playoff team. I don't think he does, just because I think the, the weapons aren't there. Name a wide receiver from the Patriots that you look at. He's like the number one guy that Mac Jones or Cam Newton are going to look at. They don't have the weapons around the quarterback. You know, it's one thing to have Tom Brady in there. He can make stars out of any wide receivers. A rookie quarterback isn't going to be able to do that. I just don't think that the Patriots have that number one wide receiver that scares teams. They don't have a Devontae Adams. They They don't have a Michael Thomas. They don't have a DeAndre Hopkins. And that would really help. Not only Mac Jones, but Cam Newton as well. Well, you know the Patriots though that they've always they've always kind of had their, their their kind of system fit wide receivers, and that's really what they're asking from their guys. I mean, they're not asking any of their receivers to be Julio Jones or AJ Brown or you know AJ Green or you know you know any DeAndre Hopkins. They're not asking those guys to be that. They're just asking them to basically play a role be possession receivers you know what i'm saying so to be honest with you i mean move the ball quickly get in space so i don't really worry about the patriots weapon situation i disagree with that i think when the patriots had their most successful run they had like randy moss on the roster who could stretch the defense who could scare defenses when randy moss wasn't there they had gronkowski they had aaron hernandez they had tight ends that could make plays over the middle of the field, especially on third down. And then we had like the Wes Welkers. We had the Julian Edelman, right? Guys that just had sticky hands that can make that key first down, right? That weren't afraid to get hit. The Patriots haven't had that for the last couple of years. Julian Edelman for the last couple of years is not the player that he was, you know, four or five years ago. So when the Patriots had their success, they did have some weapons. They did have some wide receivers. Maybe these guys weren't like huge stars except for like Randy Moss and Gronkowski, but you need to have some guys. You can't leave quarterbacks out in the cold like that. You did it with Tom Brady for so long. Can't do it with Mac Jones. Can't do it with Mac, you know, with Cam Newton. I disagree with that. I think the Patriots are going to be fine on defense. What's going to happen on offense? Are they going to rely on that running game? I mean, they have like four or five running backs on the roster who who are capable of filling in. It remains to be seen. I still think that the Pats, even if they go with Mac Jones, it's not a playoff team. It's just not. Not to me. I know you're a Bill Belichick you know, supporter and you feel like he's going to bounce back from that losing season that he had last year. It's not happening, Ed. It's not happening. I disagree. I think, you know, Josh McDaniels has Mac Jones. He's going to make it work. 
you you're not asking Mac Jones to be Peyton Manning, right? You're not asking him to be even Tom Brady. You're just asking him to play a role, to play, you know, to move the ball, to you know, to play quick, to make quick decisions, to get to to see the open man. That's really all you're asking in the Patriots offense. I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of people doubted Tom Brady early in his career because the McDaniel's offense is so simple for the quarterback. Not a playoff team. I just think it's tough to do it with the rookie quarterback. And when you're talking about that they don't have as many weapons, that they're just going to have to play a role, I think we really like underappreciate Tom Brady and what he did for that franchise, knowing that he hasn't had like a big-time weapon since Gronkowski left or Randy Moss left. Mac Jones is not going to be able to do that. I just think with Belichick and McDaniels, they make stars out of guys. We don't know if they'd be stars in other cities. Without Tom Brady, Bill Belichick hasn't won a damn thing. So I think this year is going to be a huge indication of that. Again, you say it's a playoff team. I say there's no way the Pats are making the playoffs this year. Early in his career, Brady had a very quarterback-friendly offense under Belichick. Yeah, but I mean, it was a very quarterback-friendly offense. It was, I think Brady is great and he's proven everything and so forth, but I'm just not ready to say just because Brady did it with Arians that, you know, Belichick isn't isn't the guru that we've always thought he was. Bill Belichick should just ride off into the sunset. He has nothing left to prove. He wants to prove he can win without Brady. I, I, I respect him for staying in the league and saying, I can win without Brady. I understand that. He's not going to be able to do it, but I understand that. The ego is an egomaniac, and he definitely wants to prove it. It's not happening. It's not happening. I mean, it's like a boxer. I mean, he's got to defend the title greatest coach ever, right? You know, our grandkids' generation are going to say, do you play chess like Bill Belichick? You know, I I think there will be some sort of expression like that. I think he's still the greatest coach of all time. That's never going to be taken away from him for now. I mean, just... All the championships that he won. Bill Walsh won with Joe Montana. So those guys are always going to be glued together. Bill Belichick is going to be glued together with Tom Brady. There's nothing wrong with that. Bill is still the greatest head coach of all time. He has nothing left to prove. Not to me, not to the NFL world, not to anybody out there. I'm telling you. Only to himself. And that's the reason why he's staying around. That's why he wants to prove it, that he can win with Cam Newton or Mac Jones. He has nothing left to prove, Ed. He's the best coach of all time. I mean, with all due respect to the great coaches that have been around, to the Vince Lombardis and, you know. Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Walsh. Still the greatest head coach of all time. A couple of NFL news, Travis Etienne. A first-round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars suffered a season-ending injury. He's done for the season. It bodes well for James Robinson, whoever drafted him in fantasy a lot later than he's going right now. He's going to be a hot commodity. And LaVisca Chenault is also going to get a few more touches out there. Also, Sony Michel, speaking of the Patriots, the Patriots had like six or seven running backs during preseason that did really well. Well, the Patriots decided to trade Sony Michel, the former first-round pick, for two day three conditional draft picks to the Los Angeles Rams. And the Rams don't have like a running back. Cam Akers suffered a season-ending injury. Sean McVay needs some insurance policy. He gets Sony Michel. 
to compliment Matthew Stafford. Let's move on to the college football preview, and let's start with our favorite division. It's everybody's favorite division. It's the SEC. They should just rename it Alabama's division. <laughs> you know, that would sound much better, obviously, with Nick Saban still around. AFC East used to be the Patriots division. It's the same I mean, you know, you, you know, but you know, you know, Nick Saban won't be satisfied until it's trademarked. Nick Saban's Alabama division, you know, it, it just, it just, you know, there, it's never enough for Nick Saban. Is Alabama the favorite for you again in the SEC? Yeah, I mean, they've reloaded. I, Bryce Young, I think, I mean, he's a five-star recruit. I think he's going to take over the controls, and I think he's going to have a big year for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, you know, they reload every year. They always have the best recruiting classes, and so uh, more Alabama magic. The, the Alabama train has not fallen. <laughs> Who will the Crimson Tide play against in the SEC championship game? Is it going to be the Gators or the Bulldogs? Who are you rolling with? I think the Gators have lost some guys. I, I, I like JT Daniels in Georgia. I think he has a big year this year. I think they're they're a playoff-worthy team. I, I believe in Georgia this year. I mean, what's really cool this year is, I mean, they gave the fans a little little something-something, having them play Clemson non-conference game. and I, That's going to be really awesome. I mean, I can't remember, you know, the last time there's been such a high-profile non-conference game. Yeah, that should be fun. I want to go against Alabama because I hate them so much. Like, I want to be cute, and I want to say that Georgia is going to beat Alabama, but no. Alabama is still going to come away with the title against Georgia in the SEC championship game. I'm not going to be cute there. How about the ACC? Uh, is it Clemson all the way, or are you giving um, Sam Howell or D.R. King a chance there uh, with Miami or North Carolina? You know, don't sleep on DJ Uyunglele. I, I just, I don't sleep on him. He's a five-star recruit. I mean, he he didn't win his game against Notre Dame, but I, I mean, he's going to be a sophomore quarterback. He's got some starting experience. I, I think he's going to have a good year. So Clemson wins the ACC, right? Clemson wins the ACC. I like Sam Howell. I want to go with North Carolina. Just want to be different. But yeah, Clemson just reloads every year. Freshman quarterback also, you know, got an opportunity last year, and he did some good things. And, uh, yeah, I'm also rolling with Clemson here. How about the Big Ten? Is it three for three? I mean, are you going with Ohio State Buckeyes here? You know, Ooh. I'm going to go with Ohio State to win. But, you know, I don't know if they're a playoff team this year. I don't know if the Big Ten is as good this year and – I think they're going to be starting a freshman quarterback. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, CJ Stroud. Yeah. I just don't think Ohio State's going to be as good without Justin Fields. I'm going to go with Penn State here. The Nittany Lions had a down season last year, but James Franklin has won a lot of games. He's taken this team to 10 win seasons in consecutive years. I realize that I'm rolling with Penn State and they have Sean Clifford at quarterback. He's the biggest question mark out there. Right. If, if you're picking a, a winner, you know, a, a conference championship winner, he is a question mark. I do think Sean Clifford has improved. You know, they've got John Lovett, who transferred from Baylor at running back. They have a good offensive line. They've got Parker Washington, Jahan Dotson at wide receiver. I think they have a good secondary. I think they'll reload, especially in the front. I'm going to go with Penn State. I think this is the year that the Nittany Lions are going to take down Ryan Day's Buckeyes. So 
Now, I'm not saying Penn State is going to go to the college football playoff, but I am going with Penn State to win the Big Ten. I always go against the Buckeyes, right? It's no surprise. I either pick the Penn State or I pick Michigan. You know, we're rolling with Clemson. We're rolling with Alabama. I got to be a little original. So I'm going with Penn State to take the Big Ten title this year. I've got a feeling who you're going to go with in the Pac-12. It's got to be that team from California. Yeah, it's the USC Trojans. I'm I'm definitely going with the Trojans this year. I think this is a big year for the Trojans. And I, I think this is Clay Helton's year uh, to win the Pac-12. And I don't know about playoffs because, you know, it never... Never seems to happen for the Pac-12, but, you know, I, I, I do think this is a big year for USC. USC has got the most talented roster in the Pac-12. No questions asked. But you know how I feel about Clay Helton. He is Mr. Underachiever every year, and I think it's going to happen again this year. I'm going to go with Mario Cristobal in, in Oregon. They might not have, like, a big quarterback, a, a signal caller. They've got, like, Anthony Brown, who's... Boston College transfer, and maybe they're starting a freshman quarterback when it's all said and done in a couple of weeks. But I'm just rolling with Oregon because I think their defense is pretty damn good, especially that front seven. I think they've got some playmakers, a wide receiver. They've lost some key players, obviously, but I'm I'm rolling with the Ducks. They, they won the Pac-12 last year. I think they're going to repeat this year, and I think Cristobal is, is building something special. How about the Big 12, Ed? Um, the Big 12 obviously has one clear front runner, as always, just like you know the Big 10 with Ohio State, just like SEC with Alabama, just like ACC with Clemson. It's got to be the Sooners, right? Yeah, it's got to be the Sooners. Unfo- I mean, uh, you unfortunately, know, and, and you wanted to say. <laughs> just sometimes it seems like it's the same teams, but I mean that's just the nature of college football these days. Well, before they leave for the SEC in, in four years, yeah, the Sooners are clear front runners. Obviously, they've got the best quarterback in college football. He looks like he, with another great year, he's going to be the number one overall pick, probably to the Houston Texans. <clears throat> you know, when Deshaun <laughs> Watson leaves, I'm sure the Houston Texans are going to be lining up there. Spencer Rattler is the front runner for the Heisman. Yeah, it's the Sooners. It's got to be them. All right, let's continue. Uh, we've covered the the big five uh, conferences. Let's go with AAC, the American Athletic Colonial uh, Conference. Who are you going with there? Obviously, there are a few teams vying for that top position. Are you going with the team from Ohio? Yeah, I'm going with Desmond Ritter and the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, they had a great year last year, and I, I think they're going to do it again. I'm also going with Cincinnati. I'm just rooting for them. I think they've got a great secondary. You mentioned the quarterback, the dual-threat quarterback. Uh, They have a good running game. And I just, I love what Cincinnati is building out there. And it's just, it's special. You know, they've got blue-collar, hard-nosed defense. They don't get those five-star recruits. But that coaching staff just develops, develops, and develops. They get the tough, hard-nosed, blue-collar guys teaches them how to play football. So I think Cincinnati is just is up there. And I have a surprise as far as our predictions later. Uh, I'm going to be pushing Cincinnati a little bit further, Ed. Just a little hint. Let's go with the Mountain West Conference, a conference that's still around. We don't know what's going to happen in three or four years, whether this conference is going to be broken into pieces. Maybe it dissolves. Who are you going with there? 
You know, I'm not I'm not going to go with the Boise State Broncos. I'm actually going to go with San Jose State this year. San Jose State had a really good team last year. They did. They surprised a lot of people. You're continuing to be hot for the Spartans. I don't really feel like, you know, Boise State has all their ducks in a row. I'm also going to pull off a surprise here because Boise State has always been like the lock. I'm going to go with Nevada because they've got Carson Strong at quarterback. He looks like the real deal after throwing for 27 touchdowns last year. They've got Romeo Dobbs, a wide receiver. You know, my money is on them. He's on the Wolfpack. Not only to get to the Mountain West Conference Championship, but to win it. You know, they're up there. They're one of the favorites. I know that Boise State is still the favorite. I think Nevada is has the second best odds. You know, I think the Wolfpack is going to get it done. So you're going with San Jose State. I'm going to go with Nevada. We're going to be different here. How about the Sun Belt? Now make a case for the Sun Belt. Who you think? This is an interesting division. Who who do you think is going to walk away with it? You know, Coastal Carolina still has Grayson McCall. I think, you know, they have got some winning culture there. I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina. Yeah, Coastal Carolina is just, I think, everybody's pick. But they're not going to sneak up on people this year. Last year, they snuck up on people. But they still have a good defense. They only lost to Ron Jackson. They have those guys coming back, like they got Jeffrey Gunner, they've got the linebackers, they've got the secondary. Like you said, they've got Grayson McCall, and they've got Isaiah Likely at tight end. I think that offensive line has a lot of experience. They've got all five starters back. You can't beat experience. I like Appalachian State, and they're probably going to bounce back, and this used to be their division, but I think Coastal Carolina is going to expand it. For one more year, I think they'll walk away with this title. Conference USA, how about that? Who's your favorite there? That's Marshall's division. I still, I'm still, i still going to pick the Thundering Herd. You're a big, like, closet Marshall fan, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, I, I did I did drive through Charleston and when I was in West Virginia, going from, uh, you know, Mount Morgantown to Lexington. Um, that, that seems to be their division. All right, I'll go with Marshall as well. You you talked me into it, even though there there's some other options out there. Um, you know, there's still Willie Taggart there, Florida Atlantic, but I'll roll with Marshall. I'll, I'll go with them as well. I had a different pick, but I'm I'm listening to you on this one. I'm gonna go with Marshall. We have one more division left, right? Yeah, we still got to do the good old American Mac. Okay, let's do that. The the Mac division surprised a lot of people last year. A lot of people expected Buffalo to walk away with it. That didn't happen in the MAC Conference Championship game. Uh, do you think it's going to be a, a different winner this year? Yeah, I'm going to go with Ball State. Okay, you're continuing. You you think that? Well, make I mean, it? I mean, it's it's definitely a more of an open division. I mean, it's not like it's not like you could just like peg. You know, it's not like Ball State is like the odds-on favorite. This division, you know, has like different winners <laughs> each time, and. Uh, I was thinking maybe you're going to go with a different winner out here. But you're going with Ball State. I'm going to go with Buffalo. I realize that Jared Patterson has moved on to the NFL. But I just think Buffalo has a lot of unfinished business from this past year when everyone, everyone, including my mom and my grandma, thought that Buffalo was going to win the MAC championship game. Again, the, the star running back has moved on, but everybody else is coming back. And they have, you know, the starting quarterback back. 
And uh, they've got Kevin Marks, who was the backup running back to Jared Patterson last year. He's an explosive back. They've got, you know, most of the offensive line back. They've got James Patterson at linebacker. I think Buffalo has a lot of unfinished business from last year. And I think they're motivated. Their head coach stayed around. I think the Bulls are going to take it. Something that, you know, they should have won this game last year. And I think they'll walk away with, with the MAC championship this year. Let's reveal our four college football playoff teams. We still have only four teams in the playoffs for now. It's going to expand in the future, I'm sure, to 8 or 12. But for now, we've got four teams in the college football playoffs. So who is it going to be? Number four, I'm going to go with the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, I, I think, you know, maybe that Clemson game might be tough, and they're going to play a tough schedule. But they are the Georgia Bulldogs, and I do think two SEC teams get in. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with the Oklahoma Sooners. I think this is a better year for them. I think they totally dominate the Big 12, unlike last year. And I think I think they're the number three team. Number two, I'm going to go with the Clemson Tigers. DJ Uyunglele, I, I think he has a big year. And I think they're the number two team, and I think they go to the national championship. And number one, no surprise, Alabama Crimson Tide. You could have guessed that before the show. Yeah, it's, it's getting old. It's the same old team. So no Notre Dame this year, right? I mean, Notre Dame isn't getting in there. And, no. And no love for the Big Ten. I just don't think Ohio State with a freshman quarterback is getting in. I'm also going to go with Alabama at number one. I'll go with Oklahoma Sooners at number two. Um, I will go with Clemson at number three. And at number four, I'm going to have a surprise. I realize that Georgia... Oregon, USC, I mean, I get it, but I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bearcats. I know it's not going to happen, but I'm getting sick of the same old four teams at the end. I just want to be different. I realize it's going to be a tough uphill battle for them that, you know, the Bearcats still don't play in the, you know, in the Big Ten or the Big 12. They're in the AAC. It's not sexy. Roll with the small dog. I'm going to go with the Bearcats in the college football playoff. I think with Desmond Ritter at the helm, they're going to get it done. They're going to be one of the, the four college football playoff teams. Who's your championship game and who is the winner? I think Clemson, Alabama, Clem, you know, Alabama wins it all again. <laughs> Someone's got to challenge them. I hope to see someone challenge them, but I, I just I have no reason to believe they won't win again. I'm going to go with the Oklahoma Sooners versus Alabama in the championship game. And I'm going to be different. I'm going to go with the Sooners to claim the national title, something that has escaped Lincoln Riley up to this point. You know, with Baker Mayfield, you know, with Kyla Murray. He's been close, but he's never won it. I think he does it this year with Spencer Rattler. That offense is incredible. You know, they've got Marvin Mims, a wide receiver. They always reload on the offensive line. I think their defense is going to be lethal and scary good. And it has improved the last couple of years. So I'm going to be a little bit different. I'll go with the Big 12, the soon-to-be Oklahoma Sooners who are going to move on to the SEC in 2025. I think they'll claim the national championship this year. I'm, I'm sick of Alabama. I'm sick of Clemson. I can't take it anymore. I have to put Cincinnati in the college football playoff, 
and I have to roll with the Sooners just to be different. Well, I mean, I think if Cincinnati runs the table, I mean, the committee would be stupid not to put a team like Cincinnati in just to make things interesting. They have so much disrespect for the non-Power 5 conferences that I'm sure that the committee is going to disrespect Cincinnati once again, even if they go unbeaten. But, I mean, if you're sitting in that room, Alex, don't you kind of say, hey, we need to see someone else win? If we if we want to you know keep our brand and are we gonna just hand it to Alabama every year? Yeah, we're gonna hand it to Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State every year. It's just it's the parody world that we live in. Guys like us, we're pulling for Cincinnati. The committee is not pulling for Cincinnati. They want Alabama fans to travel. They want Georgia fans to travel to the college football playoff. Not happening, Ed. In a perfect world, Cincinnati deserves to be in if they run the table. But in the college football world, Cincinnati gets left out and is going to be like the number five or number 16. So be it. It's unfortunate. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of uh, Blitzcast. We covered the NFL a little bit. And I hope you enjoyed our college football preview. Take care, everyone.